0: Well, welcome. It's nice to see some familiar faces. I know uh, quite a few of you. For those of you that I don't know, I am Angela. I go by Angela or Ange, but I prefer, I don't prefer Angie. (laughs) So just a little bit about myself. For those of you who don't know me, um, my name is Angela and I have actually been coming to Calvary Vista since I was 19 years old. (laughs) My parents moved out here from Riverside, um, and I was a single mom, and I would sit out there in the foyer with my daughter in her carriage. Uh, my mom would drag me here to church. And so, <laughs> yay, mom, um, for doing that. Uh, I have three kids. I have an adult daughter that is 23 years old, and I have two teenage boys. And today, my husband and I are celebrating our 17th wedding anniversary. So before we begin, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this moment and this time that you have given us, Lord. Lord, I know that you have been speaking to our hearts, Lord, with this last session we just heard, Lord, and I know that you are doing a great, great work. Lord, I pray right now that you would calm my nerves as I share your word with my sisters. Lord, may your spirit move forward and you equip me to do that, the work you've called me to. Lord, we love you for all that you are doing, and we ask these things in your mighty and holy name, amen. All right, so the outline of what we're going to go through this workshop, we kind of have a short amount of time, but um, you guys all know that the title of this is Stand in Your Authority Against the Enemy, right? We're going to talk about authority, we're going to go over who our enemy is. And what I I feel is so interesting, because Melanie was talking about Jesus, and she was talking about Paul, well, I'm going to be doing the same thing. I'm going to be sharing about what Jesus and Paul has to say about these things, and then we're going to go into an interactive discussion, which might be a little uncomfortable for some of you, but it's okay, because we need to start getting out of our comfort zones, right, if we're going to unpack this world. Amen? All right. So then I'll end it with a short testimony and then some application, okay? So number one, who is the enemy? Melanie talked a little bit about it. Uh, We have the world, right? The word says that the world is one of our enemies, and that's the systems that have set themselves up against God, right? We have the flesh, which is our nature, and if we all will admit it, our nature wants to follow our sinful flesh, right? So that's two enemies. And then we have Satan, which we learn in scripture is multidimensional. Okay. We hear that he is in the unseen world. He's in the heavenly realms and he even is seen through evil spirits that are here on this earth, right? So that's a lot of enemies. Would you agree? Yeah. I don't take that lightly (laughs) and I hope you don't either. And so this calls for action on our part as believers. And nowhere in Scripture do we see passive faith, right? Do you see anybody just scooting along, just going on their merry way in their faith? No, we don't see that in Scripture. We actually see Jesus as our ultimate example, right, standing against these enemies. We see that he stood against the world, Right? In that time, it were, it were the spiritual leaders and their religiosity that went against God, and he stood against them. We see that he stood against his flesh, right? He fasted in the wilderness, and even before he, his crucifixion, he asked the Father to take this cup from him so that he didn't have to go through the suffering he knew he was going to endure. But he stood against his flesh, right? He stood against Satan when he was tempted to go against the Father's will when Satan came and tempted him. He even stood, and we see this multiple times in scriptures, he stood against the demonic forces in the world. And he even stood against his disciples who were being influenced by those demonic forces. You guys remember those stories? So he is the perfect example of someone that stood against the enemies. And we even read that in the Lord's Prayer... It says that Jesus in in one of the verses says, he says, deliver us from the evil one. That's his prayer. He knew that this was going to be a constant battle for us. And so as believers, because we are believers, that we know that because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, that we are children of God and we are given spiritual authority through him to stand against the enemies of this world We've all heard the scripture, greater is he that is in me than he, than he that is in this world. Right? Well, it's interesting because if you take that complete verse, it actually says, which is even more empowering, you are of God, little children, and have over- overcome them. Who's them? The evil spirits. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in this world. Amen. And in Luke 10, 19, these are Jesus' words. He says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We rejoice in that. We are on the winning team. Right? We believe it. We are on the winning team. Paul gives us this model as well. We see the scriptures throughout his entire life. He even gave us instructions on how to practically stand against the enemy. And so right now, what we're going to do is we're going to take part in an interactive discussion, and this is something that will likely be foreign to many of you. And so I want to set some guidelines before we start. And so the guidelines are, one, please, I'm not looking for big old theological answers. We are just going to reason in the scripture as sisters in Christ, okay? The second guideline is that I'm going to set some guardrails here. And I want us to stay in observation. And when I say observation, I'm saying that I want us to stay in the scriptures. We're going to talk about Paul, and we're going to talk about the Ephesians. And so when we start... The discussion, I want you guys to stay on track, okay? And this will save us time in the future. It's really hard to go through this scripture, not try to go into application. (laughs) But we're going to try, okay? And I will guide you and help you in that. And so what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to give you a little context before I share um, this piece of scripture. And so we all know we've heard of Paul, who was formerly Saul of Tarsus, And we're introduced to Paul in the book of Acts. And we know that he was a Pharisee. He was a religious leader. And he actually was an enemy of God. And he thought he was doing good by persecuting believers. He came against the church. He put Christians to death, even in prison, all in the name of God. But Paul, he had a a transforming moment When he was on his way to Damascus to put more believers in prison. And at that moment, Jesus revealed himself to him and he was blinded later to receive his sight. And his transformation was so powerful that it impacted the church. And that's why we have many of the books we have in in our Bible because of him. And so he spent his life traveling to different countries within the the Mediterranean. And he was exposed to many cultures. But he boldly preached the kingdom of heaven and the teaching about Jesus. Paul, he suffered much. He was beaten. He was stoned. He was shipwrecked. And he was homeless. And he was even imprisoned by his own people. And on his missionary journeys, he founded a church And the church was a church of Ephesus. And so he wrote a letter while he was in prison to this church. And this is where our story begins. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Putting on the whole armor of God so that you you can stand against the devil's schemes. For we, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. So put on the whole armor of God so that you could stand in the evil days And doing all to stand. So stand and put on the belt of truth. And the breastplate of righteousness. And cover your feet with the gospel of peace. And take up the shield of faith that will destroy the fiery darts of the wicked one. And put on the helmet of salvation. And take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit at all times and on all occasions. Be watchful and persistently praying for all believers. All right, now what I want you guys to do is you guys are going to go two by two. I want you to pair up with one of your sisters, and I want you to try to tell back as much of that letter as you can, starting with, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. I'm going to give you about four minutes, two minutes each. So go for it. Ready? So two by two. All right, how'd that go? Who can retell it? (laughs) It's okay, we're going to go over it one more time, all right? And this time I'm going to retell it, but I'm going to have you guys help, okay? All right, you guys ready? So be strong in what? And in His mighty power. Power. Why? (laughs) Good job. Yeah. It says, put on the... So that you can stand what the the devil's schemes right for we don't against good job but against you guys remember rulers authorities in the right against mighty powers in this dark world against evil spirits in the heavenly realms. So put on the whole armor of God so that you could stand, doing all to stand. Good job. So what do we do? We put on the belt of truth and the righteousness. And then we... Cover our feet with the gospel, gospel of peace. Good job. <laughs> gospel of peace. And then what do we do? We That'll do what? It'll destroy the what? Of the... Right? Good job. And then put on the... And take up the... Which is the Word of God. And then we're going to do what? Pray. In the Spirit at all times and on. And be watchful and pray persistently for all the saints. Good job. See, if I could do this in a dress, we could all do this, right? (laughs) Good job. You guys are, yeah, and heels, heels and a dress. (laughs) All right, so right now we're going to go into the interactive portion of this session. And I have two volunteers. I have Bree and I have Diana who are going to help me out here. And what we're going to do right now is I'm going to uh, begin asking questions. And as you um, want to answer, typically this is in a more uh, closed environment where it's easy to discuss, but because I'm up here, I'm going to have mics. And so when you have an answer, I want, um, just raise your hand and Brie, if you're on this side, will come and have the mic to you and then Diana on this side. And so that's the way we're going to make this work. And so... Um, Again, we have the guardrails, and I want to remind you ladies that we're staying in the scriptures. We're looking at Paul in the Ephesians as we discuss the scriptures, okay? And so the first question that I want to ask you all is, what might Paul have been feeling at this time when he wrote this letter to the Ephesians? He might have been feeling Come on, don't be shy. And there's no right or wrong answer. We don't know. (laughs) Maybe fearful and discouraged. Fearful and discouraged? Yeah, that's good. What do you think he might have been fearful and discouraged about?
1: Um, Probably fearful, wanting the church to be in truth and being fearful that they may um, be led by the world and not what the gospel is.
0: Yeah, that's good. Thank you. What else?
2: I know in the book of Revelation it talks about uh, the church of Ephesus and how they left their first love. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking he too probably saw that at one time the Ephesians were very close to God and
0: then they slowly started to depart from their beliefs. Yeah, so he was concerned. He might have been concerned about the Ephesians. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. Anyone else? I feel so detached. I feel like I (laughs) have to. All right. Those are all very, very good, good answers. So now we're going to move into the spiritual, the the armor that we have. And and in the scriptures, it says to put on the belt of truth. Okay? Now pay attention to this question because this will be the theme that all these questions will follow. How might truth. Be like a belt in a spiritual battle for Paul or the Ephesians.
3: So how might truth... Brie? The belt is what holds you up. So you need truth to be holding everything onto you, I mean. So to keep your pants up, you got to keep the truth solid in your heart.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so practically speaking to hold, uh, a belt would hold up somebody's um, pants, right? And so truth would be holding you up, girding you up, right? And there's uh, some versions of the scriptures that actually says that, gird your loins, right? Um, looking um, further at that word gird, it's it, what it's referenced is um, men during those times would wear, like, dresses. <laughs> and they would grab the the back of the dress and pull it into their belt so that they could run. I love that image. (laughs) They could move instead of having a dress to to hinder their walk. So yes, thank you. Anybody else? The belt
2: also sits at your center. So if you're wearing the belts of truth, you're centering yourself, just like uh, Melanie was talking earlier, your core, your Holding it in truth, you're holding it in the Word of God. So as Paul and the Ephesians are going out and warring with the Word of God, they're centered in His truth mm-hmm. and His worth. Uh, his Word to
0: battle against any attacks. That's good. I like that. So they're centered. I, I like that point because, if Melanie, what was she saying? The core, right? Strengthening and engaging your core. So that belt is going to hold that core. And I know you guys could probably relate when you have a belt on and you're, <laughs> you're forced to stand up tall, right? It's good. Thank
1: you. Anybody else? Well, when you're wearing a belt, you're also kind of uncomfortable and you know it's there and you can't forget. You have to take it off to maybe go to the bathroom or something. So I think that it's a reminder of what the truth is because you always are feeling it.
0: Mm. It's constantly there, uh, guiding you, right? To suck it in. <laughs> yeah. So truth would be uh, firm, give you firm foundation. Yeah, that's good. Now let's move on to the next piece, which is the breastplate of righteousness. And practically speaking, you know, uh, it would protect your vital organs, right? In war, how might righteousness? Be like a breastplate in a spiritual battle. Remember, spiritual battle. Well, it
2: guards your heart. And there's a verse, um, it says, um, above all things, guard your heart from it flows the wellspring of life. So I'm thinking righteousness, when you walk in God's righteousness, you are protecting yeah. your heart. That's and I good. know how much emphasis I give like you read the, the words of Scripture You know, love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind. So everything is always about the heart.
0: That's good. Thank you for that. Anyone else?
1: I
2: think that it gives you confidence.
0: You know, because when like
2: football players, when they wear the big things, so they can walk out
1: with confidence.
2: So while it is protecting your heart and everything, you can walk taller, just knowing that you've got this big breastplate, you know. So it's just protecting all of it so you can walk just taller, knowing that you've got the shield in front of you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So it is protecting that heart and the vital organs, but it's giving you that confidence yeah.
1: that it's there. Yeah.
0: So like the belt, right, Giving you stand, giving, allowing you to stand firm, and then it's like an added security of uh, protection in a spiritual battle. That's good. Thank you.
3: So I think with the breastplate, it's, um, it's only on our front, right? Mm-hmm. The breastplate's in actual battle. So... It makes me think of facing the battle head-on from the front and being protected by God's righteousness Mm. and not backing down from the battle, just facing it head-on. Yeah, I like that. With that that protection.
0: Yeah. Extra confidence, right? God's protection. its good. Now, shoes in a battle practically are going to be completely necessary if we don't got shoes right we're gonna hurt our feet we probably couldn't go very far right if we were shoeless but how might the gospel of peace be like shoes in a spiritual battle how might the gospel be like shoes the gospel of peace um as far as our feet go, I had a thought, and now it just left me. Um, we are we are practically to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So when we know the gospel, mm-hmm. then we can not only stand in the gospel, uh, stand strong or fast in the gospel, but then we can share it with others once we know it. That's good. I like that. So we need to know our word, right? Okay, we have one right here, and then we'll take that one. I generally uh, felt exactly what you did, although um, wearing the shoes is carrying the good news Mm -hmm. around and having the ability to do so with our feet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's good. Thank you. We have one more on this side, and then we have one here.
2: I think it's standing firm in the foundation of the truth of God's Word and and being able to move. You know, your feet are planted yeah. strongly, and then you can move forward.
0: Yeah, I like that. Standing firm, and you're not just standing, right? You're standing firm, but you're going.
2: Um, it also gives us the confidence and the boldness to come before the throne of grace. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't come to God on our own, but it's through
3: the power of the gospel and what he's done for us. Amen. So come confidently to him. Yeah.
0: Yes. The throne of grace. I like that. Thank you. It's good. So the next weapon is the shield of faith, right? And a shield, it can block, right? Darts it can block all kinds of things. And the scripture says it'll destroy the fiery darts of the enemy is what it says. But how might faith be like a shield in a
1: spiritual battle? Faith be like a shield. Faith be like a shield. Um, it's scary. You're in a war, a battle, and having a shield to protect you. Being like, you have these other other things going on. The truth, the breastplate but a shield when it's just like the darts are flying at you the the missiles or whatever you know it's just being so it's mighty having the confidence yeah
0: added confidence yeah that's good
3: Christina um I think of when I'm under attack from another person or something that if I don't stand firm in knowing that okay God's going to take care of the situation. Mm-hmm. God's going to take care of their heart. I don't have to do anything about it. So standing firm in that keeps me with my integrity of being um, a godly woman, rather than lashing out back yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, having that faith that God's working in it and keeps me to where I am able to st- stay godly myself instead of falling also. It's good.
0: When I think of a shield that is like, if it's a flimsy shield that is easily pierced, um, then we are not going to be successful. We're not going to win the battle. So when I think of faith being a shield, if our faith isn't strong, mm. then we are going to falter and we all gonna, mm. are going to fail. I like that. I like that you described the, the thickness of the shield. Is your faith thin, right? Or is it thick? You got a thick shield. It's a Good point. Thank you. I think of the, um, the shield as um, a tool for us to
2: have that warrior mentality. Mm. That we are given a tool to combat yeah. anything that comes our way. So to remember that we carry it. It's been given to us.
0: And we can come back as a warrior. Yeah. We have something that's going to protect us through that battle. I like that. And I see it. It's like you can move this shield so you can see the fiery dart, and you can move it exactly where it needs to go so you could destroy that fiery dart of the enemy. Thank you. I think I had
2: to put my trust in this one. <laughs>
0: um, I think faith,
2: if you look at faith, I take it who we have faith in. Mm. We have faith in Christ. So if we look at that and we think of how he is faithful mm. Okay, to complete Amen. what he began, the promises that he's given us. There's so many promises in the word of God where it says that he is faithful. For he who began a good work in us Amen. will be faithful to complete it. So when we, when we hold on to his word and his promises and those darts, those lies from the enemy come in, we can, we can hold that in front of us and say, no, God is faithful. Mm -hmm. to do this. He is faithful to complete this. He is faithful to not give us more than what we can bear. He is faithful to complete the good work. There's so many verses about his faithfulness. So I do believe that is our shield because that's always going to come against the
0: lies of the evil one. Mm -hmm. Amen. So how thick is your shield? Right? It's a good question. I like that. It's good. Now in a, a battle, the helmet. Right, It's going to protect the brain, the head. Right? How might salvation be like a helmet in a spiritual battle? How might salvation be like a helmet in a spiritual battle? Um, I think that... I can't remember
2: what book it was in, but... If it was Jesus talking to the Jews or Paul, but like explaining that we may know that we have eternal life. Mm-hmm. So in a spiritual battle, depending what it
0: is, that we may know that we're saved. That we may know yeah. that he's our hope. Yeah, so. that's good. He's our hope. We're saved. We have salvation. We have a place in heaven. That's good. What else? Knowing that um, Christ conquered the grave and that he
2: reigns victoriously in heaven and he's given us the Holy Spirit as a deposit of our salvation. So just knowing that victory is ours because he is
0: victorious. Amen. Good, thank you.
3: Uh, Just thinking that most of the stuff going on in the head is shame and knowing that Jesus Christ already saved us and that that salvation is already within us. That, um, that kind of defeats the shame. It's
0: awesome. Thank you.
2: Sometimes, you know, your thoughts run rampant and you just get distracted with things that are the enemy and all that. And I catch myself thinking, I'm like, wait a minute, Jesus didn't die for me to be acting like this. Mm. So that salvation calls me to be accountable and to be better because Jesus didn't die for me to be thinking petty thoughts, uh, selfish thoughts, just things that all come from the enemy. So that salvation is a reminder, a check of like, check yourself. Like this isn't your call to be better than this. Yeah,
0: that's good. I like that. Thank you, (laughs) Bree. And Diana.
3: (laughs) Well, I think I'm thinking about the book of Esther that we're going through. And that, you know, knowing that we're saved for a Mm. time, whatever we're going through, he's going to get us through it. He's going to see us through it. So it helps me within the battle knowing that he prepared this time just for me. Mm. I'm going to get through it. He's going to get me through
0: it. Amen. It's good. Thank you. It's good. Good answers, ladies. So we'll move on. Oh, right here. Nope. We want all the answers. (laughs) The helmet is to protect our thought life from all the lies of the enemies. Yeah, that's good. That wants to bring us down. Mm -hmm. Protect our thought life. That's good. So we'll move on to the next piece, which is um, the sword, right? The sword can be the offensive, right? It could strike back. How might the Word of God be like a sword in a spiritual battle?:
2: The Word of God gives us our power.
0: gives His us our power, power in His word. Yeah. Amen.: I was going to say literally like, I, I'm a very visual when I think of things. I literally like picture taking my Bible and it's shaped mm. like a sword and slicing through the enemy. And I know a lot of us probably do this as mothers but especially over my children when I feel like my home's under attack or my children are under attack. When they are sleeping, I will literally go into their bedrooms and just speak the name of Jesus over them and speak scripture over their bedrooms because there's nothing stronger than the Word of God. Amen. Sharper than a two-edged sword, right? It's good. Thank you. What else? might the word of God be like a sword in a spiritual battle?
1: It allows us truth, but also I was thinking an example like, you know, being like Jesus, he used scripture directly to, re- mm-hmm. to revoke the, the devil when he was tempted, you know. Yep. The Lord shall not live on bread alone, but on every word of God or people, you know. Amen. Yeah, just to t- remind us of the truth.
0: Yes, that's good. And that wasn't directly at Satan himself. That's good, good point. All right, now the last one. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead.
2: I kind of look at the sword not as just striking out, but also as being a defensive weapon against. If somebody's striking you, you're able to defend that without having to pierce. But using that sword as a defense mechanism, like praying over your family, is not just striking out, but it's also defending them against all the spiritual attacks that are coming in.
0: That's good. I like that, because that leads us into our very next one, which is prayer. (laughs) So how my prayer help in a spiritual battle.
2: I know, um, I believe it's Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not be anxious for anything, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known. So with that, when you're giving it over to prayer, you're not bringing in those anxious thoughts. You're saying, okay, I'm not going to sit here and focus on the The worry, the anxiety, I'm going to put this into prayer. And then the rest of the verses says, um, and then he will give you, what does it say? Um, He will guard your mind, um, give you the peace that surpasses all understanding and guard your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. And that's again, a promise that he will give you that peace of mind, knowing that he has heard your prayer. And all prayers, I will say this, are heard by God. <laughs> are all heard.
0: <laughs> Amen. That's good. Thank you.
1: I think too, um, it um, when you surrender is showing God that you're trusting Him and allowing Him to handle the situation.
0: It's good, trusting in Him, allowing Him in all situations. And I like that uh, how it's the, also the sword. It like connects. You know, you could use that word of God in the prayer to pierce. And I like it, too, that it's like uh, your prayer can be for somebody in another country. (laughs) And it is still effective, right? It's good. Thank you, ladies.
2: I also think prayer kind of helps us realize that we're not alone. Because when you're in a situation and you're really down and you can be surrounded by people, but still feel all alone when you're praying. Yeah. You've got a specific person that you're praying to, and he just blankets you in that peace and knowing that you're being held yeah. and that he's got you covered, regardless.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. I like that. Um, you know, you have you could have people praying for you and you don't even know it, <laughs> right? I had to uh, ask my mom, "Mom, can you pray for me?" And she tells me, "I've been praying for you." I'm like, "That's probably why I've had so much peace." <laughs> That's good. Well, thank you, ladies. You guys did great with this. Um, so, I want to ask you today, do we see believers not putting on their armor? Yeah, we do. Well, I'm going to share with you my experience with spiritual warfare. Uh, I grew up going to church. Uh, However, I didn't really have a relationship with the Lord. It was like the religious check off the box. I went to church. Good. I'm all good. And so um, as a little girl, I remember my mom, she would always tell me, if you're ever afraid, say out loud, leave in the name of Jesus and the evil spirits, they have to leave. And so I just always remembered that as as a little girl and growing up. I didn't realize that at that point, my mom was already training me in spiritual warfare. And so uh, my whole young uh, teenage life, I had a very rebellious spirit. Um, I had started drinking at 14 years old, and I struggled with alcohol from that age all the way into my young adult life. And during that time, I would be tormented with these dreams. And in these dreams, someone or something was attacking me. And in my mind, in my dream, I knew the words to say. And that was the words, Jesus, leave in the name of Jesus. But when I would go to speak the words, nothing would come out of my mouth. It was like, I couldn't say anything. And so for many, many years I was tormented with these dreams. Well in 2008 I had hit my rock bottom and I I, I call this more of like my Damascus moment where the Lord rocked my world and he had showed me the depths of where I had gone and the depths of where I was going if I continued in this lifestyle. It was very much like the scales had been removed from my eyes and I could begin seeing clearly and he started to show me that the idol that I had in my life that was keeping me from knowing the Lord was alcohol and that I needed to remove it out of my life and so that began the, the, the steps of me taking alcohol out of my life and following the Lord. And so shortly after that, I had another dream. And it was a very similar dream to the dreams I had been tormented with. But in this dream, something was attacking me. But when I went out to speak the words, leave in the name of Jesus, the words came out like a fire. I could say it. And after that, I questioned, Lord, what was that? And he had showed me that in the past i knew of the lord and the things of the lord but i wasn't surrendered but because now i was surrendered that i now had the authority to speak the name jesus and all authority was in that name and i now had that authority and it wasn't that i was perfect (laughs) Because the Lord has walked me through a long road of refining. And he's still doing it to this very day. But it was the point that I set my life and my walk to obey the word of God. And apply the word of God to my life. I had walked in the world for so long that I needed much, much refining. And so when I was asked to share today... Um, I had been praying and asking the Lord what he wanted me to share with my sisters. And he had me really drawn to two pieces of these ar- of the armor. And the first piece was the belt of truth. And we all know that we have that main truth, right? That Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That we, when we accept him into our lives as our savior, that our sins are forgiven and that we have a place in heaven and that we no longer have to fear death and that truth will remain forever even when we're gone which is beautiful however there is a truth which in each and every one of us that the lord wants us to apply specifically to our lives something we have not been obedient to and because of this we aren't growing in our walks with the lord maybe there's an idol in your life Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe your idol is social media. Maybe you're holding on to unforgiveness or anger. Or maybe it's syncretism. And that's, you believe in the word, right? But you add some false religion into it. In First Samuel 15, 22 to 23... This is in the Old Testament. King Saul, who was a powerful king during that time, had disregarded the Lord's commands. And he offered sacrifices in an unworthy manner. And so Samuel, who was the prophet at that time, or the priest, he came to King Saul and he said this. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold... To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed the Lord better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as an iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. And in our day and age, we can apply this to our circumstances here, our church attendance. Maybe we constantly tithing, right? And we, we're good. We're making our sacrifices. We're giving our offerings. We're serving in the Lord's ministry. And all these things are good. But this isn't important to Him if we are not being obedient to Him in all areas of our lives. It's said over and over and over again in Scripture that with obedience comes Blessing. And one of those blessings is the authority that he gives us to stand fast against the enemy. And so the second piece was the breastplate of righteousness, right? Now, we all know that we can never be righteous, but as believers, we stand in the shadow of Jesus' righteousness. When we are being obedient and we are applying the word to our lives— as well as being obedient to the specific things that the Lord is telling us and guiding us to do, we are right with God. And that breastplate of righteousness is, an automatic, is automatically applied. It's like a two-for-one deal. You follow the truth, the breastplate is automatically put on you. It's a win-win situation. So ultimately, in the practicality of teaching you ways to come against the enemy, the best way to stand against the enemy is obedience to the Lord's command. So I want to ask you, what truth has the Lord been tugging on your heart to deal with that you have not been obedient to? And Remember that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is idolatry. Like I shared with you earlier, I started out with that rebellious spirit at a very, very young age. So I know what this looks like. But what I love is that our God is a gentleman. And my experience has always been that when he's trying to check me (laughs) and show me areas that need to change in my life, that I need to be obedient, he is always so gracious. We serve a gracious and merciful God. He tells us these things for our own good, so that we can be effective for his kingdom here on earth. He doesn't want us walking around with half our armor on. We probably look silly to him. (laughs) His word says he has given us all that we need to fulfill the calling that he has for us here on this earth. He wants to empower us to do great things through us. Can you believe that? (laughs) He wants to do great things through us. So sisters, let's vow to strive to walk in obedience so that we can stand fast against the enemy. Are you ready to get in the fight? Yeah? All right. Let's pray. Oh, gracious, merciful God, Lord, we thank you for your truths. We thank you that you are constantly refining us and showing us the things that we need to change in our hearts and in our lives lord i I pray for my sisters and for myself that we would keep that as something that we consistently strive for in being obedient to you and your word lord we thank you for for this time that we've had here to just dive into your scriptures Lord, I pray a blessing over my sisters. Lord, I pray that you would give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we may know you better. Lord, we thank you and we praise you. And I also just pray just for all the sisters represented here. Lord, I pray that even amongst this this group, Lord, that you would develop strong sisterhoods. Lord, that we would grow so strong together as faithful sisters coming alongside each other to encourage them. Lord, and I rebuke Satan in any tactics he would set up against that, Lord. Equip us. Your word says you will, and we know you will. And we ask these things in your mighty and holy name. Amen. All right, so just before we leave, I just wanted to uh, make, uh, I guess, a promotion. Um, if you enjoyed this type of teaching as far as the interactive uh, study, I'm a part of a ministry called Go in Peace, and we have uh, monthly retreats. I see a lot of alumni here uh, that we do in Julian um, up in the mountains um, every other month. And so our next retreat is August 13th and 14th. So I'm going to actually open up registrations today. So if you're interested in attending, sign up quick because the spots fill up quickly. So Go in Peace is a healing ministry, and it walks you through... Uh, allows Scripture to penetrate your heart um, and to cleanse you, and it really is a call for obedience um, for you to see if whatever, if you've had past traumas in your life, which, if we're all honest, we all have had past traumas in our lives, whether that's a small trauma or a big trauma, and so it—it's basically walking through the Scriptures to allow the Lord to heal those areas in our heart, so that you can be effective for the kingdom. So you can sign up at the church on the church events page. So, all right, that ends our session. Thank you, ladies.